This is episode 439 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. Today's article, Top 10 Most Neglected Preps, Are You Making the Same Mistakes? Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey, I want to invite you to a free video lesson on three ways to get started in food storage. This video lesson will help you get your pantry prepared so you always have food in your home. This free lesson includes three downloadable worksheets along with links to other articles and resources if you want to make a deeper or you want to take a deeper dive into food storage. And for those of you that prefer an audio version, I do have an MP3 that you can download and listen on your device and that way you're not necessarily watching a video all, you know, for the for the whole length of time. So if you like some more information on getting it, go ahead and click the link in the show notes. It'll take you over to a sign-up link and a sign-up page, and you'll get instant access through your email. All right, so last night when I uh, did the uh, did the podcast, I talked a little bit about being in the dark because we started losing power, and it was pretty crazy. We had some pretty big storms come through uh, yesterday. So I knew that was a, a big possibility, but you know I wanted to continue doing the the podcast. So uh, if you if you're listening carefully, there is a distinct time where you can tell that uh, the the lights go out, and then so I hit pause while I was recording, and I go and I mean we have you know, flashlights and lanterns and all kinds of junk, you know, and so uh, just making sure you know everybody was set up with all that kind of stuff. I came back, so you could tell a difference because I was set in a different position and and all of that you know to my mic when I was uh when I started recording again but you know it was one of those things that uh, we were kind of lucky because the houses behind us had power and then everybody in front of us kind of had power but uh, my son was at a friend's house and I went to go pick him up and everybody was completely uh, dead I mean it was it was crazy now so here's a, a situational awareness or an opsec a couple of opsec things as we were driving so we're like in a neighborhood that's completely dark right and so I'm trying to remember trying to remember how to get to this I don't always go to this friend's house and uh, and pick him up from there so I'm trying to remember how to get there and I'm noticing that the whole neighborhood is dark but there are like one or two homes that do have lights and you could tell. And so, you know, so I know that for whatever reason, they have some kind of backup generator there. So more than likely they have one of those, uh, you know, a full house generator when the, the, the grid goes down and their generator, their gas generator, whatever, like a big generac or something like that kicks in and powers their whole house because they're, I mean, it was very apparent. So if you, you know, when you read articles or you listen to podcasts or watch videos or whatever, when people talk about when there is a blackout, you want to make sure that you black or, you know, you don't want people to know that you have, you know, power on the inside and things like that. Then you want to block out your, you know, your windows and things like that, because it's very easy when the whole neighborhood is dark. It is very, very easy to see who has power and who doesn't. 
The other thing that um, just kind of struck my mind, it was really crazy, is the lights were out, right? So the stoplights were out and people were taking their turn and they weren't flashing. They were just completely out. And so people were out in there's this one guy that he, I don't know what he he wasn't even paying attention. I mean, he just ran a whole bunch of lights. So as people were stopped there, I mean, you, you're being very careful and you're looking both ways and you're doing all those kinds of things. And I saw a guy that was just really, of course, the streets are wet and all that kind of stuff. And he's not stopping, man. And so he's just barreling down. And, and uh, you know, it's one of those things. You just got to be careful. So on top of OPSEC, you're being situationally aware. You you don't want to you know, wind up in a situation where someone is, is going full blast down the street and they, you know, they don't stop for you. They wind up hitting you. So and he ran, too. I mean, because after the one where I was turning, I was kind of behind him and I saw him run the next one. And so I don't know. I mean, you know, this one of those things. You just got to be so careful out there. A lot of the time, it's not what you're doing. It's what other people are doing that can cause the damage and can cause the danger and stuff like that. So uh, just, you know, one of those things uh, as I was uh, going out last night, it was just things were popping into my head. Hopefully things pop into your head like that as well, where you're just you're, you're starting to notice things that involve preparedness you know involve opsec involve situational awareness involve that kind of stuff so anyway all right so let's go ahead and jump into our article it comes to us from prepperswill.com i like the way that this article was written because it's of course it's the top 10 most neglected preps and i agree with you know the things that are that are here i don't know if they're the top ones but i mean they're if not they're like really really up there but what I like is he discusses the neglected prep, why it's neglected, and then how you can fix it. And I think that's those are very beneficial type articles. You know, uh, a lot of the times when you just hear, okay, this is a problem. All right, you, you hear the problem, but I'm like, tell me how to fix it. How do I make it better? How do I? How do I? How do I get prepared? Right? Those articles are the best because you can really apply those. So I really like this article and the way that it was written. I think every article uh, in preparedness should be written along similar lines where you're helping people to understand why they're doing things, how to, how to do it, how to fix it, how to take care of it. So let's go ahead and jump right in. Again, the article is entitled, Top 10 Most Neglected Preps, Are You Making the Same Mistakes? Due to various survival TV shows and fiction movies, most Americans think that prepping is about having a bunker, a ton of food and water, and a fully stocked armory. While these are undoubtedly good things to have, a realistic survival plan needs much more. After interacting with a lot of people over the years, I think it's best to share the most neglected preps that most people fail to consider. Whether you're new to prepping or an old-timer, it's easy to get caught up in the hype and disregard crucial preparation. The neglected preps listed in this article will help you figure out what you're missing, and I've also provided a fix for each. So number one is developing a survival plan. And I agree with this one. This is number one. Develop a survival plan. When people start their prepping journey, they begin with multiple things at once. They buy food, stockpile gear, and whatnot. However, a survival plan should be the first step if you decide to start on the path of emergency preparedness. It will help you figure out your actual needs and set up priorities, but it will also help you identify your, your vulnerabilities. 
You will figure out the steps needed to achieve the desired results and you will turn all your thoughts into actions. If you plan things properly, you will have a solid basis to build upon and you will figure out where you need to allocate time, effort, and most importantly, money. So why is this neglected? To put it shortly, most people lack the time to build a survival plan and the rest have no idea where to start. They fail to see the benefits of building a survival plan and how planning helps you achieve the desired results without wasting time and money. So how do you fix it? I always tell people they should start with a simple plan and build up from there. If you have a one-page plan, it's still better than nothing. Identify the SHTF scenarios you should be prepping for and figure out how to expand it. Another thing worth mentioning is that you should test your survival plan. Otherwise, it's like having no plan at all. You can simulate SHTF conditions in your own environment. As a quick example, try living a week without electricity and see how you're doing. Note all the good and bad parts in a notebook and learn from those experiences. All right, so good advice there. Number two is medical and health preps. No matter how you look at things, we have to be realistic and understand that hospital and doctors will be overwhelmed during a disaster. Even worse, medical aid may not be available at all. Imagine getting injured during such a crisis and having to make a dangerous journey to the nearest medical facility. Even more, imagine getting there and discovering they are experiencing a severe shortage of essential drugs. So why is this neglected? The reality is that many people don't realize important medication like powerful antibiotics are in short supply even during good times. All the drugs used to fight infections, but also painkillers and sedatives, can be affected by shortages even when there isn't a full-scale disaster. So how do you fix it? The smart thing to do is stockpile your own supply of medicine. You should start with maintenance medications that you or your family members need. Adding an emergency supply of broad-spectrum antibiotics such as ciproflaxin and amoxicillin will save you a lot of trouble. Talk with your doctor and explain that you want to be protected in case of a crisis and request a 90-day prescription for all your maintenance pills. Hey guys, and also if you are, I know people always look at me crazy, and if you've never heard this, you're going to think I'm crazy as well. However, go look it up. Fish antibiotics. Fish antibiotics are the same as people antibiotics. So when the antibiotics manufacturer is making people antibiotics, and then they switch to fish antibiotics, they don't switch every, it's the same exact thing. And so, you know, people, again, look at me very, very crazy. Why do fish need antibiotics? Well, they don't take them like adults do. But when they do get sick and antibiotics need to be used, there's the capsules that normally adults take, they're opened up and the powder is then, you know, released into the water. So anyway, if you, if your doctor will not give you a supply of antibiotics, that's something that you need to look into. And if you don't know that, you don't understand that, then you need to get Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy's Medical Survival Handbook because they have a whole section on fish antibiotics and talking you through that. Very important there. All right, so, and then, okay, so, and then base that on, uh, take that with the information that we did on the last episode, episode 438, when we talked about medications and expiration dates, then you really see the benefit 
of having some of those. All right, so that's all I'm gonna say about that. You need to do a little bit more research if you're interested, and if you think I'm crazy, well, you probably need to do a little bit more research as well. All right, number three is staying in shape. While people focus on stockpiling stuff and training to use various firearms, they forget that a survival situation may test all your physical strength and endurance. You may be forced to walk long distances while carrying a heavy load or fight off attackers. Even more, you might have to carry an injured person through rough terrain. All these activities will test your physical fitness, strength, and stamina. So why is it neglected? It's no secret that most Americans live a sedentary life and no, nowadays most people are doing jobs that aren't physically demanding. And to make things worse, we have all become dependent on all sorts of electrical gadgets that are numbing our survival instincts. Yeah, I just got to be honest, that's me a lot of the times because my job, the way, you know, where I'm at now, I used to be very physical uh, as far as being up and moving when I was on the campus, but now I'm more at a desk job. So there's times where I'm very purposeful of coming home and getting right on the treadmill. And uh, I love being able to do that because I can watch videos, I can listen to podcasts, I can do those types of things while I'm, while I'm uh, on, on the treadmill. But there are just some times where I don't have time to do that. And so it's like you got to fight for that time. But if there's times where if I do that, then I am staying up super late doing the podcast and doing the website. So it's like almost something's got to give, right? So I know that a lot of people are probably in that same predicament as well. So if I could learn to do the podcast while I'm on the treadmill, that would be, that would be really good, right? So how do you fix this one? For some people, this may be hard to do, and the thought of embarking on, fit, on a fitness program makes them sick. However, changing your lifestyle by becoming more active will provide you with huge benefits. I recommend getting a medical checkup to see what training is recommended for you. Break bad habits and start walking more. Focus on building endurance and stamina, but don't forget about strength and flexibility. Number four is life-saving knowledge and skills. Learning about basic life-saving skills is one of the best things you could do. It weighs nothing and it will always travel with you. Learn how to control bleeding, how to perform CPR, how to treat a burn, and how to bandage a wound. There are always accidents happening when SHTF and you need to know how to deal with them. So why is this neglected? This is one of the most neglected preps and most people believe that emergency medical services will be just a phone away during a disaster. They are focusing mostly on getting first aid supplies and gear, but they do not bother learning how to use them. So how do you fix that? There are all sorts of classes available online and in the community across the country offered by the American Red Cross. You should convince your family to attend classes together and make it a family experience. There are all sorts of health and safety classes available and you should pick what works for you. Man, that's good advice. And, uh, you know, there's all different kinds of things out there, but that's really good advice uh, to, to do that if you can get your family on board. Number five, realistic security and self-defense actions. In most SHTF scenarios, one of the priorities will become your security and safe defense. No amount of supplies or gear will make a difference if you die or get seriously injured. During a large-scale disaster, the police may be unavailable and you may be forced to protect your family and belongings. You will be on your own until things turn back to normal. So why is this neglected? First of all, most people underestimate the level of violence that can develop, and they forget that civil unrest and looting has a long history in our country. 
they expect the police to quickly take control and reestablish order. As we preppers know, this is wishful thinking at best. So how do you fix it? You need to understand that during a disaster, you and only you are responsible for the safety of your family. You should make a realistic security assessment of your home and identify all deficiencies before any crisis occurs. There are multiple levels of security and you should start by securing your entrance points, doors and windows, setting up a perimeter around your property and learning how to put distance between you and potential threats if someone manages to overcome your security measures. Number six, now this is a big one, sanitation hygiene. This is important and it's another one of the most common neglected preps. People just don't bother about things like disposing of human waste and staying clean for long periods of time. The reality is that poor sanitation and hygiene can be as dangerous as lacking food and water. Your water supplies may be contaminated after a disaster and sewers will be overwhelmed by debris and overflow. So why is this neglected? People fail to realize that sanitation is a real survival priority until the water stops flowing and toilets stop flushing. Once the garbage starts to accumulate on the sidewalk, they understand that things may not be going back to normal soon. So how to fix it? You will need a plan for getting rid of human waste and staying clean with little or no water. You will have to store essential supplies like toilet paper and towels, disposable plates and utensils, but also supplies to disinfect water. Number seven, staying organized. This is one of the neglected preps that gives me a lot of trouble and I have to deal with congestion and clutter a lot. This can be particularly stressful for new preppers and some of them realize that when SHTF, they will have a hard time finding what they desperately need. No matter how we look at things, getting organized requires time and effort. And after all, it also requires periodic maintenance. So why is this neglected? Once again, the lack of time is the main culprit here. Since people are busy and have other priorities besides prepping, organizing their supplies and gear ends up on the last place on their to-do list. Some don't know how to do it, while others just ignore the maintenance steps completely. So how do you fix this? Take some time and make this a priority, otherwise you won't be able to keep your preps under control. Getting organized will help you get rid of stress and will make things seem less hard to achieve. Separate your supplies into long-term and short-term. Maintain an inventory of what you have and what you need. Rotate all your perishable supplies and keep similar things grouped together. The other thing there is after you get it organized, right, especially things labeled, easy to see, easy to identify, all that kind of stuff, but then have some procedures so when you continue to add to your preps, whatever that might be, then you have a procedure like as soon as you bring it in and you go through it and you practice with it or whatever and you need to put it up or maybe it's you know something you don't need to practice with it like I don't know I'm stocking up toilet paper or whatever you just don't put it by the uh, by the front door right or throw it in a room or something you go put it where it needs to be in your stockpile and so you know where it's at and you just have that procedure where you're you're taking care of it you know as you, as you go so that way things don't pile up on you. All right, number eight is multi-purpose supplies. And we've talked a lot about this on the podcast, um, so this is a good one here. I said it many times before, your mind is your best survival tool. However, you can give him a lot of help if you provide multiple or multi-purpose supplies it can work with. 
Some of the familiar household products have great flexibility and multiple uses during a crisis. We all know that baking soda can be used for various hygiene purposes and honey can be used to treat wounds but also to preserve meat. So why is this neglected? We cannot say that these are neglected preps entirely, but we can say that even though some products are used to their potential use, many people fail to realize they have beneficial uses in a crisis. So how do you fix this? Think outside of the box and become familiar with the multi-purpose products and all of their uses. Keep a generous inventory of all the products you identify as multi-use and rotate them as you would do with all your other preps. Here are some examples of multi-purpose products. Baking soda, honey, white vinegar, salt, hydrogen peroxide, olive oil, petroleum jelly, baby oil. All right, again, couldn't agree more. I've done many articles where I've, or on the podcast and have linked them on Prepper website where you, whatever, like 25 uses for baking soda, right? Those types of things. So this is where having like a prepper journal would be really great. Not too long ago, I did a, about, I talked a little bit about prepper journal. Uh, actually, it was this week. <laughs> How about that? They all start to blend in together. Um, earlier this week, I talked about the prepper journal. I wrote that article and I also developed the prepper journal. It's just, you know, it's, it's one that says my prepper journal. I've linked to it in the show notes. You can go over if you want to purchase it. It does, you know, it is a blessing for me because I do get a little percentage of, uh, of that purchase price. But it's one of those things where you can keep things like this, right? And you know it. You're not just throwing it into some kind of just notebook where you're not going to remember. This is like your prep journal. And so if you had multiple things like, hey, I can use baking soda for this. And here is how to do that. I can use baking soda for this or I can use vinegar you know, for this or, or whatever, right? And you just you, you jot those down and you have them all in one place so you don't forget them or you don't lose them. That's a, that's a great thing to do. All right, so number nine is spare parts, tools, and other stuff. All the tools you have or the equipment you are using can break down when you least expect it. Even small parts like a loose bolt or a broken spring can disable an important piece of gear. Think about it if your power generator breaks down in the middle of a storm. What will you do if you don't have spare parts or the proper tools to fix it? So why is this neglected? First of all, people don't have the knowledge to perform repairs, including the basic ones. And second, they don't bother learning or keeping reference material since they consider it's all too complicated. To avoid all of this to appear on your neglected prep list, you should invest a little time in figuring out what you will use the most during a crisis. Make a list of the most commonly used parts, tools, and reference materials. Keep at least two of the most common components and parts and store them in a secure location. Organize a comprehensive library of books and manuals that will help you build, repair, or maintain your equipment. Okay, so I don't know how realistic it is to have, you know, like one or two of the most important parts of, of big pieces of gear. Like maybe your, your generator and stuff like that. I would rather you know how that generator is working and, and how to fix it and those types of things. Um, you know, to learn how to problem solve, I guess, is, is the thing. I think that's probably one of the important things. So a while back, I'm saying like a long while back, I had a lamp, like a floor lamp, and we're in this consumer-driven, 
uh, economy, right? Where something breaks down, we just throw it away. We go, we go buy another one. And that's usually, it's usually cheaper to do that a lot of the times. And my dad, my, my family, the family business used to be an electronics distributorship. And so they sold parts to TV and VCR repairmen. So some of you that are younger are kind of like, man, I didn't even know they had those, right? Because we just go buy a new one. And so that was the thing. And most people would, you know, take their TV, if it was broken down, would take it to a TV repairman. The TV repairman would diagnose it. They would call my dad or, you know, the family, uh, the family business, somebody, you know, there. They would order the parts that they need and uh, they would get delivered or whatever. And then they would fix it. And, you know, the people would come in and, and pick it up. But when it got to the point where televisions and VCRs and DVDs were becoming easier to purchase than to repair, then really all those TV repairmen, all those guys, they either had to go do something else, they got into computers, or they wound up going out of business. And a lot of them did go out of business. And dad kind of saw the the writing on the wall. He sold the company before it got to the point where no one really wanted to do that anymore, right? And so, uh, you know, he went in, he went over into other things. So we, anyway, so I was, I was saying that long story for the, for this. I'm like, okay, Todd, where are you going with all that? Is we're in this consumer society where we just throw things away. So I had this floor lamp where I was just going to throw it away, but you know, I'm like, you know what? I want to figure out how to fix this. And so I took it apart and, you know, all these different pieces and figured out what was wrong and, you know, went to Home Depot, find a, found a replacement part and fixed it, you know? So it took a little bit of time. It took a little bit of effort. But for me, it wasn't just fixing, being able to fix that lamp. For me, it was more along the lines of having the experience of going through that, that process of figuring out what needed to be done. And so in doing that, you, you get some skills, you know, you get some, the uh, ability to problem solve and like, okay, how would I do this better next time? You know, okay, hey, I forgot to do this. Oh, okay, I got to undo this because I didn't put this on first or whatever, you know? And so you start, uh, you, you come away with a little bit more knowledge when you do stuff like that. So you might have like an old tablet that is not working anymore. It's not keeping a charge you know, that's one of the things that I did for my wife, her, her tablet wasn't keeping a charge anymore. And so it's not like a battery. You can just pop off the top, you know, like a lot of phones. And in fact, now a lot of the phones are, are to the point where you don't replace the battery, but you still can replace the battery. And so I found this cool YouTube video on how to replace the battery on this tablet. I ordered it off of Amazon. I watched the video and did it. And it's a little, you know, kind of tricky because I've got some fat fingers and you're talking about little wires that look like they're on pieces of scotch tape, man. But it worked and and I was able to do it. And so I had that experience of being able to do that. And it's more than just, okay, hey, we have a tablet that is still usable. We can still use it now. It was that, that experience. So I would challenge you to learn how to fix things, you know, and it might be that you just fix it and you don't really do anything with it. Maybe you fix it because, you know, or fix it, you you give it away. Maybe you really do want a new one or your spouse buys a new one or whatever, but you want that challenge of fixing it. Hey, can I fix this? Can I make this thing still work? And when it works, maybe you just give it away or whatever, but you have that experience and being able to fix something and problem solve it out and all that kind of stuff. All right, so moving on to the very last one is number 10 is keeping family and friends together. 
Organizing a survival group or keeping your family and close friends informed about your prepping plans is another mistake and one of the commonly neglected preps. This is all because some preppers have lone wolf mentality. They think they will survive on their own without needing anyone's help or people interfering with their plans. While this may be true if you are an expert survivalist, the common folks will require help to get by. We are social creatures after all, and we do not function well in isolation. So why is this neglected? There is a common trend to call preppers crazy or paranoids because people don't understand this lifestyle. A lot of Americans are living in denial and they can't imagine a disaster hitting close to home. They assume it will never happen to them and they get threatened by people having a different opinion. So how do you fix this? Your family and close friends should be informed about your prepping lifestyle. Calmly talk to them and explain why you are doing this without being zealous or trying to impose your beliefs. Most people will understand and they will even want to give a helping hand or learn more. Others will avoid the subject altogether and will go back to their daily lives. You can't save everyone and only you can decide what to do if those living in denial will request your help when SHTF. All right, so that is one of those things, man. This is, um, you know, I, I, I would agree with this one because it's one of those things where people don't like to talk about it. And so it is neglected because, you know, people have reasons for it. But I think a lot of the times, if people know you, if you're, if people don't look at you already like you're just a crazy person, if they know you as, hey, I'm sensible, I am, you know, responsible, I'm reasonable, all those, I'm logical, all those types of things, and then you come with, hey, and I think it's a good idea to be prepared, then they're more apt to really pay attention to you. I know that was one of the things I remember the conversation that uh, that I had with my wife when I was doing this preparing thing is uh, I remember one one day I was coming through the living room and she said, you're, you're getting a little crazy about this. And I said, when have you ever known me to be crazy about anything? And she really thought about that because I, I'm not, I don't go extreme on a lot of things, right? And, and so when this thing was important and I, I saw the need to, she realized, oh, wait a minute. Okay, so let me go back and yeah, he, he doesn't get crazy about things. He doesn't just you know, he's not on the new fad. Um, he doesn't just, hey, one day, you know, it's this and the next thing is this. And like this, this probably is something a little bit more important. And a little bit later on down the road, she she bought into it all. I mean, we, we you know, I've talked about this before, too. We're watching the uh, the show. I guess it's Discovery Channel. So it's, I can't remember. It's either Discovery Channel or National Geographic's. Um, or Nat Geo um, after Armageddon. And so you can find that on YouTube. If you've never seen it, you should go look it up. It's a, a docudrama after Armageddon. But that was one of the, the ones that kind of real helped her realize that we should be prepared, that it was a good idea. After that, we made our first preparedness purchase together. <laughs> All right, so conclusion. These are the most neglected preps I've encountered over the years, and I'm not ashamed to admit that some of these are all too familiar for me. I've learned from my mistakes and I try to keep things under control and well organized. Please check the above list and figure out if those neglected preps may be something you are missing. It will help you save a lot of time and effort if you are preparedness like minded. All right. So there are a lot of other links here that you can click on in this uh, article. And like always, I'm going to link to it in the show notes so you can come on over and easily go through it yourself. 
think a little bit, you know, maybe think these through a little bit more for yourself and see where you are, where you are at on these, because I think it's a, it's a good idea. There are a lot of things that, boy, we, we get into preparedness and uh, we focus on one thing and we let some of the other things kind of go by the wayside. So again, that's over at PreppersWill.com, top 10 most neglected preps. Are you making the same mistakes? I'm going to link to it in the show notes. Well, everyone, that is it for episode 439. Hey, don't forget, if you are not subscribed to the show, you can head on over to theprepperwebsitepodcast.com and you can subscribe in your favorite podcast network. That way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. And take a moment to connect with me. I have a ton of ways to connect in the show notes. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until next week, stay prepped and aware. Peace.